Welcome to the Football Podcast with Gadgies Paul O'Neill and me, Paul Larkin. We have the odd guest, and sometimes we even let Doogie Walt on. Hope you enjoy the crack.
Yes, slow indeed. We're back after a little hiatus that uh, we were joined in by Jackie McNamara. We had to obviously take a break because Paul looks upon himself now as an international playboy. We can just swan <laughs> about Europe doing whatever the fuck he wants and we'll come on to that later. But we are joined by um, the probably devastated dapper uh, dandy Doogie Watt. Even less. And, well, the fan base has been suicidal. The Jim Jones experiment saw people drink the Kool-Aid and a thousand die. We almost had the same event in Edinburgh until they found out that the real Duke of Edinburgh is indeed back. Mr. Paul O'Neill. Hello, boys. There's women listening to this as well. Well, done, girls. I'm saying hello, boys, to you. Boys? Jesus Christ. Um, So... We'll come on to your calamity a holiday later, Paul. Um, <laughs> and the fact that you came on and you were... Uh, what I would describe you now is, if anybody's seen Phoenix Nights, when Jim Bowen appeared on it with a wig, that's what Paul looks like right now. <laughs> um, I believe it is a build-up to a hair transplant. Um, I remember Russ Abbott, which was probably before your time, done exactly the same and just... Tried to appear on Ross Abbott's Madhouse one week with just all these holes in his head and thought nobody would notice. Um, and then I've always said, you know, if Frank Sinatra couldn't get a good one, then didn't bother trying, you know? Anyway, let's get down to it. So, midweek, uh, League Cup quarter finals. Sorry, guys, but we'll have to go through it. Uh, Safeco 2, Livingston 0. I've never seen a single thing or know a thing about this. Does anybody? <laughs> I've, seen the, I've seen the goals about it. Okay. Premier Sports again incredibly hard to find any <coughs> actual highlights right. of the games. Right. Um, it, it looked pretty comfortable just yeah. for what I've seen, but I don't I don't think Livingston put up much of a fight to be mm-hmm. perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dundee now Livingston. Eh, sorry, St Johnston two now. Obviously, an incident where uh, James Lenny threw a smoke bomb on the pitch and Lee Griffiths kicked it back at him. <laughs> um, has Lee Griffiths just given up? Fucking looks like it. That was I don't know what he was doing. And then, and then his defence was I was trying to remove it for the pitch. Aye. <laughs> Just kick it to the side and then it back into the ground. Well surely the time honoured tradition is to put sand over it like and that fixes it in Scotland, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um but St Johnson pretty formidable again in the cup, do you? Uh yeah, again, same with uh, Paul's point there about trying to watch any highlights I just caught the goals, but Aye. What the first the Rooney goal? I, I still it's hard to get a good angle. I don't know how it actually went in, but mm. it must have got a deflection because the keeper just falls to the side. Yeah, and he's like he's he's got something. We must have no way of getting back. So mm. It wasn't like it was going in by pace, but I wonder if uh, it's just wrong footed him because he can't, he never got a clean connection at all. Yeah, but he kind of bobbled a bit. Mm. So I don't know if it may be wrong footed the goalkeeper. But that was a strange one yeah. in real yeah, time. Second goal looked, looked decent, not the, the best at defending the boy, Cammy Kerr. Uh, sold for a hot dog by Callum Booth on the left, and it came back to Crawford with a good finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Back uh, to hand, like back to hand, and again, St. Johnston, right, formidable. Yeah, yeah. Um, Celtic 3, Rafe Hearts 0. Now, obviously, it was a pretty straightforward win. Paul, is Starts Park where old Hearts players go to die? <laughs> Stand to look at what the fuck is going uh, on there? They got Berra, McDonald, Zanata, I think I. Uh, I never seen any of the game though. Um, mm. I, I believe, led to believe it was pretty straightforward. Yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't really. Um, Jamie McDonald was hopeless. 
Really? Aye, he was really hopeless. Um, uh, I've seen the, the Turnbull's goal, uh, the way he's bent it round, it was uh, like a, a uh, it was like somebody I was in for, they want to like finish their shift in a game of fives. Aye, it was... Um, <laughs> He bent it round them and managed to get basically almost in the middle of the goal. Rather than, you know, so it was a wee bit bizarre. Uh, and Dundee United won Hibs three. Hibs, you know, Dundee United played quite well. Hibs three sort of breakaway type goals, um, but obviously that fucking Wally Colomess penalty decision again, which was just beyond belief. Kills the game as well, isn't it? So mm-hmm. Third goal kills the game, and it's never, it's never a penalty, and he can't be sure for his angle that no. that it was. He's purely guessed it, I think. Um, and after that as well, the, the officials cut off a perfectly good goal that we'd have made at 3-2 with 20 minutes to go. Yeah. Uh, Which, miles and you know, when everybody else, you know, has the benefit of VAR and these kind of things um, normally get sort of, you know, corrected, we, we just seem to dismiss all this now. There's not mm. even a big hoo-ha about it, you know what I mean? And anybody that speaks about it, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, it wouldn't have mattered and all this push, you know what I mean? But... Perhaps that's the psychology in the game now when, um, you know, after Rangers were not punished for any cheating, people just didn't even bother fucking trying to get anything overturned. Okay, not speaking of Rangers, speaking of Sevco, they won 1-0 at Dens Park. Uh, Jordan McGee, he used to play for Hertzsen, didn't he, Paul? He did, I. Missed an absolute bizarrely, He bizarrely left us for Middlesbrough under 23s. <laughs> I think he thought it was going to be Billy Big Time and he ended up back up the road with with Dundee um, I can't wait for Falkirk first now mm. but I he's, he's actually turned into no bad player I didn't, I didn't mind him at the time but he obviously thought he was better than, better than he was at the time aye well we're talking about uh, his the, the game, he's talking about his miss oh right aye you're rambling on fuck knows what you're talking about there like, but he fucking missed a sitter <laughs> in the first 5-10 minutes a, didn't he it was it was an absolute shocker um, and obviously the penalty miss for Cummins as well can we just talk about in the game in a linear kind of fashion instead of you rambling on to fucking stuff and not letting Doogie speak? <laughs> um, I mean, Doogie, this is getting beyond a joke with him. He's deliberately trying to talk over you. It's like he's trying to dominate your life. Uh, <laughs> Rebo scored. Well, the way my team's going, which we'll get to. Yeah, not, well, much, not, not much uh, to ramble on about. That's going to, aye. Although we've got a few things to pick him up on, but. Um, Sefko scored a decent goal uh, Morelos a wee bit interplay where Rebo scored a goal um, and then of course as you say Dugay because Paul was obviously jumped all over it already there was a the penalty um, uh, it was my, my boy again uh, McMahon aye he played really well days. played really well but but should McLaughlin have been sent off for that? was there some was there a Rangers player covering or I think I think Going by the rules, then I don't know. It's a tricky one because he's, he has tried to make a tackle, but he's still denying a, a goal-scoring chance. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's the thing, and know that I'm bitter, Paul. But this is the same referee who sent off beaten for being on the fucking touchline at Ibrox last season and claiming it was a goal-scoring opportunity, and McMullen was just about to pull it in when he mm. was taken down. I, th- I think that the rule says that if you made an attempt to play the ball, mm. it's not a red card, it's not, mm. you're not going to get double punished. It's whether or not you think he made a genuine attempt to play the ball, I guess. Mm. Is the, yeah. I, I personally think he knows he's past him and he just takes a leg out. Aye, definitely. So I'd be upset at it. I mean, Dundee played quite well, but ultimately they just are no scoring goals, are they? No. No, the, is that what, three or four games, I think, without a goal? Mm. Just 
Didn't he look like it either? Like even the penalty, like Cummins looked like no confidence when he was going to take it. Terrible, terrible Didn't he? Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Didn't he try a penenka in the cup semi final and miss it? Yes. Uh, you think he would be stopped? That would have stopped him fucking about me trying to do things, eh? I mean, I know that would be a like, uh, you, see, you see those videos that came out after the playoff, with, like swinging on fucking chandeliers. <laughs> uh, and then he goes and does something like that, you know what I mean? And, uh, mm. I just. Very strange character. There's a good football in there somewhere, but um, it's very, very similar to Griffiths, I think, in terms aye, of like, aye, the he's... application. He's not the sharpest tool in the box, is he, Paul? Let's face it. Um, he was at Hearts as a boy, wasn't he? Uh, he was, uh, I think he's a Hearts fan. He grew up, grew up a Hearts fan and we released him. And then he went to Hibs, obviously, and then done pretty well there. But I'm, I'm looking if he can play. He always needs a partner, which in, in this day and age, it's not really a making a great player, I don't think, because if you need somebody else to play with, your team's mm. only always going to change their shape to suit you. Yeah. So... Like it was, was, his, was his best spell maybe when he played with the boy Holt up front? He done, I done quite well with Holt, I think, I mm. uh, played off him. Um, but he's, he's somebody that, for me, I, I'm not convinced he's a Premiership striker, to be honest. I, I, it looked like he was going to be good, but all his majority of his goals came in the Championship. Mm. And he's uh, never really kicked on massively, I don't think. Uh, oh, God, there's another cliches already I've started. Kicked on. Kicked on what? <laughs> Um, so just uh, talking about when you talk about I'm needing a part partner, Paul. I've always thought you've been like that. You've never really <laughs> been the same guy when you're single. Like you're quite insecure and vulnerable, and you've often taken to drinking heavily. <laughs> I don't know. Why. I'll let you be the judge of that one. Well, I am. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing. I always think one of the stupidest phrases in life is when people say, "Don't judge me." And it's like, we all judge everything, every single day of our lives, constantly. We, you know, when you're walking down the street, you judge a cunt coming towards you. Or the bus driver if he's five minutes late, or, you know. Um, <laughs> Is that Gary O'Connor? Is it no Gary O'Connor who done that? Only God can judge me. I'm on my t-shirt <laughs> after he scored a goal. The, uh, uh, Gary O'Connor. I think you'll find the coach can judge you, Gary. Gary O'Connor, who uh, headbutted an Elvis impersonator because he's mad and didn't think he was any good. Uh, quite good uh, Hearts 3 Livingston now Paul and Hearts still not taking a knee I think we're gone I think they've made a choice between the players to, to stand for it but I didn't agree with it because stand for racism has there been any kind of statement or anything about it or anything out of Hearts they just said at the start of the season that um, the players had agreed amongst themselves that they wanted to stand for it and they were mm-hmm. standing against racism which like Scotland do but I didn't understand I don't really think yeah. that's much of a symbol, yeah. to be honest. But That's like us sitting now, uh, you know, we're sitting against fascism right now. <laughs> Ken, what about bollocks? Um, good first goal for Michael Smith, though. Good build-up. Aye, it was uh, very well worked. Barry McKay absolutely sold the boy on the touchline with one touch. Mm. Um, good ball across, Cochrane knocked it down. It was a great finish for Smith. The highlights never actually showed it, but Smith had an effort about two minutes later for about 35 yards that the keeper tipped over. Mm. Yeah, I've seen that. Had, had that on the Sky Sports, we... So uh, many highlights I watched today. Aye. Smith, it was funny because uh, talking about before the game, we was saying Smith doesn't get forward anywhere near enough to play as a wing back. Mm-hmm. He's better as a right back, and they scored and they always scored another one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, had, he had his best game in ages. Uh, over, overall, though, I, I think that's the best I've seen Hearts play over well, for ninety minutes for a long I mean, time. I think I said to you last week that Livingston would be knackered just because of the two, you know, exhaust themselves, and they, they really didn't put much into the game at all, did they? Uh, no, and to be fair, Mark David Martin, they'll say, you see, if I was Robbie Nielsen, that's how I would have played against us. Uh, 
having had mm-hmm. the two games. But on Robbie Nielsen, Paul, and I, I hate to bring this up, but once again, he's on self-praising himself after the fucking game. Um, <laughs> what did he say? I never seen okay, he was basically talking about fucking his tactics and all that being spot on and, you know, all this. and uh, Oh, and on the, when he come, come into the club, uh, we were all old players and Hertz should never have any old players. should be young, hungry players and we've turned that around, basically. I've done it all, basically. That's what he was saying. Um, Joe Savage, I have something to say about that. Well, I was wondering that's who would be digging it. Who would we be digging it about that? It has to be Levine, surely, no? I think I think it seems a bit like Levine. Uh, mm. I think Nielsen spoke quite a few times about the mess that was left at the, the club for Levine and Stendhal. I say Stendhal, Stendhal never really left any players. To me, no. so. Whatever happened to that boy that Stendhal got um, for Bristol City? Tall, uh, guy, colour. Civic. Aye. I he's um, no bad him. Aye, he was good. He's, he went back to Barn- it was Barnsley and he's playing every week now for them. I really like to look at him. He made his debut and then got, he got glandular fever after his second game and then kicked him off for a second. Well, that's what happens when you go to Gorgie, do you get? Um, <laughs> and just on that, by the way, I fucking keep in touch. You know, I like Salford. Fucking Mitch Pinnock scored against him yesterday. The boy was it? Come, come on. Oh, his name, Jesus. I fucking hated. Uh, Motherwell 2, Ross County 1. A slattery screamer to begin with, uh, do you get? Yeah, uh, saw the highlights today. That was a peach. Uh, only the second minute of the game. Actually, looked from the sort of three minute highlights. It looked like a quite a decent game. Uh, so mm. the equaliser was like sort of cross. Well, a cross that never meant that meant to go in that went in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kirby actually had a good, decent chance in the second half. The boy at the bar. And then. Uh, Motherwell at the bar as well. I think it was a Tony Watt header. Yeah. Uh, and then he uh, went on and scored the winner. Uh, still living off the, the Grealish socks and he's in red yeah. top form. Yeah, and also proving uh, uh, no, Watts are useless, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Um, nah, good fit for the uh, name. You know, Charles Cook, uh, Paul, strikes me as a sort of player that will go to Aberdeen and uh, do nothing. <laughs> He, he does. He does look a decent player. He looks a decent player, but I, I don't know if he'd get that kind of freedom in a, another mm. team um, to be the main man. But he, he seems to be involved in most of the good things County are doing. Mm-hmm. County look a bit better than they did at the start of the season as well. No, they've never got the points in the world, but they're starting aye. to look a bit more. But uh, we're a unit. Aye, okay, we'll come back to them. Um, so almost to today, Sibirin three, Aberdeen two. Um, I'll come to you first, Paul, because obviously Dougie's got a lot to say. Um, to me, if ever a game summed up Aberdeen, this was it. Aye, they did. Didn't look very good at all. To be perfectly honest, I think uh, the, I think the red card obviously swung the game. Though, mm. uh, aye, they were two on up at the point in, and they lost the goal pretty quickly. Um, Jenks, it's a tough one because the second yellow card could probably the ref could probably wave it away mm-hmm. if he really wanted to, but. It probably is a yellow card, but Ab- Aberdeen were disappointing for me. Like I thought, even when they were two one up, it was almost like it was a- against the running play, um, and it's a-, it's a bit of a worrying period for them. Aye, I mean, do you obviously we previewed in this show that you know, the, 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 uh, Courtney shattered glass? Um, there's just, you know, I mean, even the goal Aberdeen scored, the first goal Scott Brown doesn't know anything about. <laughs> you know, he's looking about, but he fucking realizes we're in. There's just something wrong with Aberdeen's mentality, isn't there? They're just, they just didn't have the grit determination to go on and win a game, see a game out, or even fight for a fucking draw. Uh, just, uh, yeah, just, um, not, it wasn't really a, a game that they wanted to go and win. Um, 
much of a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, they, um, I think uh, we actually started the game not too bad, but every time any team goes forward against us, mm-hmm. it looks like they're going to create a decent chance, and that was the case. Uh, I was very well. I was impressed with the boy that scored the two goals for St. Mirren Ronan. Aye. Yeah, I hadn't heard of him at all, and uh, apparently he's on loan from Wolves, but he took his second goal really well. But he, looked, mm-hmm. he looked good all round. But uh, I, as you say, that goal from Brown was just. Aye. Just, I mean, it was, I mean the thing is, the, even uh, <laughs> the St. Mirren winner, I mean, what the fuck is David Bates in? Playing everybody on side. Yeah, I mean, was, that just that goal. That if you're saying the game sums us up. Aye. That goal sums everything up at the moment. And even like, obviously, you get the Ramirez mentioned him. That was a cracking header he scored. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had sort of like a couple of half chances either way, but uh, maybe we might have gone in three one, but that would have been unjust, I think. And then. I don't have any complaints about the sending off. I mean, they were both bookings, I think. The second one was really daft. Yeah. Um, and the players were kind of happy with Colin because he was just had one one of his games where he's just sort of going, uh, getting the cards out for fine. Like Ferguson got booked for nothing, mm. and there was maybe a couple others. But anyway, he, once he got sent off, we just we just gave up. I mean, I mean, we're still mm. winning two one. There's got to be some sort of fucking. Uh, strategy mm-hmm. um, to hold on to it but it took about 7 minutes to make it 3-2 mm-hmm. they, they didn't even need to try mm-hmm. it, it did look like that it wasn't any sort of like rope or sleeves and let's dig in here it just looked like as soon as the red card like ah well we gave it a good effort and that, that was it yeah and then we had uh, Ramsey Ramsey played quite well again he's a growing prospect and he almost scored a beauty to make it 3-3 but um, yeah, if you are, uh, I've said, I mean, I've probably talked about this last time I was on after the Ross County game. Aye. Uh, you can think it's bad now. Wait till the end of next month with this run of games we've got. Mm. Uh, Celtic at home next week. Then we've got we're away at Ibrox, away at Dundee, uh, and then hope my hips on that month. Uh, Talking about games, Doogie, um, one thing I noticed now, I'm, I'm not saying this in a derogatory fashion to the supporters. But it didn't look like Aberdeen filled their end today. Now I know it's twelve o'clock and it's at Paisley and it's on a Sunday, but Aberdeen have got a, a you know hardcore away support. Is this kind of seeping through to the fans now that actually this is no great at all? No, I think um, yeah, I would say it's probably now over. Uh, there's probably a majority now thinking that this is just going to be a complete waste of time and yeah. they're getting mugged off. Yeah, and I think I did. That was sort of shown and uh, reflected. And the supporter yeah. numbers were pretty. As, as it was still got a strong central belt mm-hmm. where you'd still get mm-hmm. a minimum usually of like a thousand to fifteen hundred at most games. Aye. Um, even if kickoff time like today. Um, but so I mean, the person I had no interest in going today at all. Aye, and to be honest with you, like um, it's similar at Celtic now, but. You know, I sense that, that, that you just saw this what in Aberdeen, regardless of performance, normally. Have been always guaranteed. I mean, you've seen yourself at Tyne Castle, Paul. They always bring a support. You know, they always mm-hmm. back their team. They'll always kind of sing and dance and what have you. But today, they just looked like you know it was like the support was going through the motions as well as the players. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, 
Yeah. Aye, I think it did look a bit like that, and it it can get like that eh? when you're in, when your team are on a rut and it's and they're not playing well and it's not exciting to watch. It's the cost of the games, especially as well. It's yeah. so easy just to no to no bother if you if you've mm. gone through that, and it's it's not a good position. It's hard to turn that round when it gets like that as well. I mean, it's funny you said because Doogie, I think you said before that the support was probably split in half about Glass appointment initially, and um, they, they decided to bring him in before the end of last season. Um, obviously to get to know the players you know this season becomes you think a free hit but I do think now and the way football is now that you're only ever three defeats away if your fans go on right that's it we're not no having this you know there was a big big build up and I wanted to ask you about this there was a big build up about getting Ryan Hedges back um, before the game <coughs> and I thought really what have I kind of missed here but yeah. it just seems like you know guys like Brown Johnny Hayes, you'd mentioned now again previously. It's like they've had their time, you know, and the the, the heart's still there, but they just didn't have the, the legs to do it. No, my um, Hayes. Um, if that had been a game today, the fullback he was playing against, say if that was about six years ago, he would have been he would have had a uh, a right good day, I think, today. Mm. Bagged a goal, a couple of assists, or something like that, but. Yeah, he's just he's not got that real turn of pace anymore that he used to have, and he's just not really like transitioned his game to mm-hmm. sort of uh, like you know, he's a bit slower. He's not sort of tried to improve his game like where he's, the, the, there's a shot there's a shortfall there. So he's, he's still is like some of his touches are shocking. Um, his final ball there was one bit where he was got the fullback fullback had been booked. So it's like just get out, get out. Yeah. No pressure, and he just fucking spooned it in the over that stand at the back. Eh? Just mm-hmm. thinking, um, come on, should nah. be doing a lot better than that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, and that that was one of my main worries going into the season was someone like that mm-hmm. was still really considered a, a like a main starter, um, useful squad player maybe. But yeah, that's uh, it's just it's just not good enough at the moment at all, and I, I just had a really I think there's just folk are talking about philosophies and it's just it's not clicking it will click like Graham Hunter was on a podcast this week talking about uh, Stephen Glass saying don't worry guys you will get it right ah, fuck, it's fucking bullshit he's a slaver sometimes oh, he is, eh? anyways he is, he is, um, so yeah I think um, I, I just think he's good he's, he's just not he's not up for the job nothing personal but just yeah, yeah. You do get that impression, and I mean that is it's worrying times for Aberdeen. It really is. And Paul, just to finish on Aberdeen, what what's happened with Declan Gallagher? What's happened to his career? I don't know. Like he was absolutely flying at Motherwell, got on the Scotland team and mm. everything, and then he went to the Euros. He, I don't even think he got stripped to make any That's of the right. benches. That's right. Uh, then he's not really hit the ground running at Aberdeen at all. Like no. you think on paper it was a great signing for them, mm-hmm. but. Um, He's just a bit of a big stopper. I don't know if he's maybe... I, I don't know if he's maybe on the wane or whatever. He's over 30 year old and maybe he's having mm. a bit of a dip. But uh, he, he, he doesn't seem to be the signing that I think the Aberdeen fans thought they were getting no. anyway. And if he's a centre-half, obviously, and he's not getting a game the now, having been a new signing, it's mm-hmm. difficult to see how he's going to break in, you know. But speaking of absolute rubbish, uh, Celtic won on United won. Um, now, this was... Um, Commentator for Celtic TV before the game said that you know Celtic oh, were unbeatable at home and were uh, unpredictable away. Well, we're not unpredictable away because we get beat every away game. 
Um, that's not really being unpredictable. Um, wingers playing fantastic, but unfortunately they're crossing the water. Albion Ajeti, who is fucking absolutely useless. Um, he's a he's a reactive striker rather than a proactive striker. You know, and you look at some of the greats like Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer made a a living out of getting to the ball before the defender did. You know, anticipating the cross, wanting the ball in early and all that. He's got two wingers either side of him who are flying past fullbacks, flying balls in. You see when you'll see it in the highlights, the amount of balls that went right across the Dunn United goal. That's where you want your centre forward to be. You've got to sniff the chances out, you know what I mean? Dunn United played well. Um I hesitate to say, as the commentator said, they had a game plan because every team has a game plan, don't they? I mean, that's what you do all week, <laughs> isn't it? Um but we obviously scored a bad scored a header after a save. From Jota, um, Dunyan went up. Hart scored shocking defending for Starfield again, whose game was littered by mistakes once again. Um, and after that, Dunyan played quite well. They were hitting us on the break and stuff like that. Second half, Celtic were basically camped in uh, Dunyan half, but you know, with them still breaking forward and stuff, we hit the bar three times. Um, Turnbull, uh, Rogic and Jota all hit the bar with shots. Uh, sorry, Rogic was ahead of big pardon. Um, Dunyan United had a really strong penalty claim, which I would have given. It was no long after they'd scored. Um, Starfield had made a cunt of it. It might have been fouled, right? But the boy was aggressively in on him, put the boy through, and it looked to me as though Carter Vickers just sort of put his arm across his back and nudged him down. If it had been at the other end, I'd have been screaming for it. Um, but he never gave it Craven Clancy, so I would have said it was very strong. But ultimately, um, the worry for Celtic you know, and the fans is that we just are not getting injured players back. We didn't have the squad to cope with the numerous injuries that we have, especially to the kind of players that have, we've got them, you know, like Kyogo, McGregor, the new Greek signing gets injured in the fucking warm up on Thursday. Um, and it's all muscle injuries. Which according to you know, ex-players and that I've spoken to have said that that's due to recovery. You know, because you'll be playing, Celtic are playing basically Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, or they're out. There'll not be much training going on, so the recovery's got to be spot on. And if it's no, that's when muscle injuries occur. Um, but, you know, ultimately, I mean, I like Ange uh, Postacoglu, but, you know, it's a results business. And, you know, we're six points behind already. People seem to have this fucking notion all the time about teams that are that will just turn round and everything will be fine rather than just continue in the same vein, you know? Um, so it'll be interesting. And obviously we go to Petordry next week, you know, and I'd need disrespect to Aberdeen, but if we get beat there, then the knives will be out. Because people, oh, people will have looked at Aberdeen today and gone, fuck me, if we can't beat them, we'll be all geeing up. I mean, that's the bottom line. Okay, I'm not trying to say that to be cheeky, but... It's gone two teams next week, next Sunday, who are absolutely bereft of confidence, and our confidence will probably be stripped even more when Bayer Leverkusen annihilate us on Thursday, you know what I mean? So, it's very, very worrying times for Celtic, and um, nowhere near fixing uh, the issues, which have, you know, to be kind to them, been going on since at least just last July, or I would say since they gave Neil Lennon the job in the shower. Um, but Paul, I believe you're about to prove that James Lennon has got some use uh, for Hibs won St Johnson all, which we didn't see, but he did. Uh, yeah, he's, he watched the game. He told me that um, it was a very even game. He says he thinks St Johnson deserved at least a point. He says mm-hmm. the penalty that Hibs got was so, really soft. I think the guy fired it at McCarthy 
short distance and it, it was given for handball. Aye. Um, and then McCart basically got himself sent off for a pod in the linesman sarcastically went on a booking which is stupid as fuck. This, and I just completely... Was this regarding the penalty incident, like? No, it was after. Okay. Well, doing, I think I think they were all absolutely fuming, though. So I don't know if they maybe lost their composure with it. But aye, he got a red card and it completely killed the game, I think, after mm. that sold him down the river. So I think he's a bit pissed off at the, the officials. He, he said, uh, you, ex- you come to expect that with John Beaton regarding the penalty. Which <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh, but I've got to say, like, I mean, and, 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 you know, do strap yourself in here, Paul, but Doogie Hibs are still ploughing along nicely. They're in the semi-final of the cup. They're very high up the league. Yeah, um, I'd, be, I'd be delighted if I was a Hibs fan just now. Because mm. um, I think, especially, like... Last season, sort of like stumbled to th- uh, to third. I should have really hosed it. Aye. And like a lot of like I speak to a lot of fans who work, fans that go as well, mm. so they, they should know what they're talking about. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've seen them a couple of times this season. I like they've got a brilliant squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is without uh, Dodge. Uh, yeah. He's injured out until maybe the end of the year. So once he comes he comes back, they're only going to get a wee bit stronger, you know? Mm-hmm. Except today is a game where you maybe need someone like him just to nick a goal. He's the kind of, to me, it's quite similar to a sort of Rooney-type player. game might be shite, but he'd still be good for a goal. Aye. I mean, Paul, my, one of my bosses is a Dun United fan. Um, big Dun United fan. And he actually texted me after the game and I thought, what's he got to say here? And uh, it was if I could work on a day. <laughs> um, it's like, fucking hell, see if he'd been beat, I'd have been out of job. Uh, that he said that it was this was a great opportunity this season for a team to really challenge in the league because, rightly, you know, Sevco and Celtic aren't they that great. I think we both know that. And um, I always think it's a lot it's really mentality rather than ability you know I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you something that Jackie McNamara told me there was one time he was playing he was a Dun United manager and he played Celtic four times in a row and he said for us to be successful in this run of games one was a cup final one was a Scottish Cup game one ended up being a cup replay and the one was a league game and he said we're going to have to at least we have to win one of the first two games for our players to believe it because Celtic are used to playing that high tempo every game when we are not, and ultimately they do the first game and lose the next three. What is it that clubs outside of Sevco and Celtic didn't have that, um, apart from obviously the playing ability, because you could argue some of them do, look at St Johnston, that doesn't push them on to actually challenge for cups in the league? I think, in terms of the league, even if you have a really successful season, you've got to, go to, you've got to play these two teams eight times you know I mean it's like almost a quarter of your games and you've mm. you've got to win when it comes to as you say Celtic and, and uh, the likes are used to playing the games in the high pressure mm. so when it comes to it you might get a win or two out the eight but you're not going to you're unlikely to win mm-hmm. five or six which is probably what you need in order to sustain a proper challenge mm. and it's difficult um, consistency against other teams as well you've got, you've just got to keep grinding along like, yeah Hibs have been really good at the last couple of seasons, winning the games that they should mm-hmm. on paper be winning, and it's maybe arguably uh, the harder games where they, they fall apart. Um, 
I, I know what you're um, mate, saying because I think there is a chance this season to have a go, but mm. I'm not convinced anybody will actually do it. Well, like, see the thing about Hibs, I mean, Hibs probably would have the best chance, I would say. I mean, Hearts, you, you could get into that category, but we're still in the sort of, they've no long come up type thing, and we need to see the first run of games before how we can judge. But if you look at Hibs at Tynecastle, whatever however went before in that game, that game was here for the take in the last twenty minutes, and I didn't think Hibs had the actual balls to just to take it off the hurts when they should have, right? They've got the players to do it, they've got the boil and this bit and all that kind of thing, and they should be gone like that. But even then, it's a wee bit like Tottenham against Arsenal. It's still a psychological thing. Arsenal have not kicked a fucking ball this season. They go out and rampage all over Tottenham. This mm. fucking mentality thing with teams and players. Just seems to be rife. I I think you're right about them not going for that that game against Hearts because Hearts were creating chances as well, so they were mm. maybe a bit scared of losing it. But you can't let the fear of losing the game stop you trying to win it. You know what I mean? That's not Aye. you'll not get anywhere exactly. doing that. I mean, that's um, what you talk. You know, I read a lot of autobiographies and that Doogie, and all the top players will say you'll never do anything in football unless you take risks. You kind of just keep passing the ball along the midfield, passing it back to defenders and so on and so forth. But uh, do you think Paul's right? Do you think there's still a wee bit of a fear factor among certain teams and players? Yeah, I think that won't really... I'm, I'm still the same. I probably think the same as Paul. I think, well, I, the same as you in, mm. th- in terms of hip. I'd say hips are probably best placed for that Harps a close second. Mm-hmm. But you just still think they'd fall short. You know, there's something... I think that that's going to that that changes with probably a manager. Mm-hmm. Is Jack Ross a manager? You think you fancy to take a team to Ibrox to Parkhead and sort of like just post split mm-hmm. to win a game or something like that? Probably not. I think there's a real question mark over Ross in certain big games like, yeah. like cup semis and finals. He, he constantly gets the tactics wrong. Well, it's interesting you say that, Paul, because as we just <clears throat> mentioned, this League Cup semi-finals. They've, they've got Sevco, Celtics and Johnston. If Hibs lose that semi-final, right, what would be Hibs fans who just say, right, enough? Possibly. I think there's some that kind of take to him because he's lost these games, lost mm-hmm. semi St Johnston last year and then the final mm-hmm. to St Johnston. And these are big chances for a couple of The Hearts semi I mean? as well. Aye, uh, the Hearts semi as well. I'm amazed um, you forgot that, like. <laughs> it's, just, it's just that normal. I didn't see that as a shock for him. Um, uh, but yes, there's got to be question marks over him because you've got to be able to take that next step. You're, you're ultimately right. You're not going to win the league mm. unless you have like an immaculate season. So cups are the big ones, and so he's going to be judged on that. So if they, if they do lose, mm-hmm. I, I think there's certain fans that don't think he's going to kick them on. What what I'd say that though is you've got to be careful what you wish for because Aye. he's got them to a position of being third, pushing, pushing, trying to split into that second spot. Mm. Um, and he's got them going really consistently in the league. And then you look at Aberdeen League, they all wanted Rudy McInnes. And I'm not saying it was the wrong thing to get with McInnes. I think he'd gone stale. But you might not get the, the right guy in the door. Mm. And it can go backwards. So they've got to be careful. OK. Um, by the way, just mentioning Tottenham, now you've come back for holiday with a bit of tan, Paul. You have got a striking resemblance to the Tottenham manager. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I just noticed that the day, like... Uh, I thought, oh, aye, aye, aye. Anyway, uh, now it's your time to step up to the plate, Paul. Doogie's uh, gave us a wee bit of a dissection of Aberdeen. Give us a progress report on young Aaron Hickey. Ah, he's, uh, he's going along really well. Um, he scored his first goal last week. 
I don't know if you've seen it, um, mm-hmm. against Calgary, I think it was. Really good goal. He seems to be, he's made himself uh, first choice. Mm-hmm. Left back last season, he went in and he played something like 10 games and he got an injury, but um, he's, he's basically came right in after surgery this season. He's went uh, started six on the bounce. Ironically, he, he got subbed at half-time the day and had a bit of a stinker. <laughs> but <laughs> a stinker, I think, he lost it to Liam Henderson's Empoli. Oh, uh, it's just good to see Henderson doing well over there as well, actually playing in Serie A. Um, but he's shown a lot more willingness to get forward as well, which mm. he never really done as much. He was a good defender at Hearts, but he never got forward that often. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's still only 19 year old, so I think it's really great to see him playing at that level from Scotland's point of view. Is he playing at left back? He is, aye. I mean, um, he's played I mean, one game at right sorry, back, I think. Paul, shut It's um, <laughs> fucking on and on. Doogie, is the obvious question regarding Hickey in Scotland is, you know, is he ever going to get a game? Um, I mean, was he, what's the situation? Is he in the under-21 squad? He's only just got his first ever under-21 cop, which I find absolutely incredible. That's fucking, that's, that just <laughs> sums it all up, eh? Um, I, he should be the, the next full squad, 100%. Um, I, 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 actually, I actually forgot about him, eh? Like... Well, especially, I, I mean, uh, Greg Taylor's probably out for the rest of the year, and uh, he gets us call up, and he's not that great, to be quite honest. Uh, um, you I, think, I, I think he should be in there ahead of Taylor, even uh, if it's just to get experience. Aye, well, I mean, that's the thing, and I've just said he's not going to be in the fucking squad, didn't I? So, <laughs> that's why he's <laughs> no, straight in with a knife. Aye, he should be in ahead with Taylor, honestly. People are wondering right now, Paul, people are wondering right now why you're so angry, Paul. That? People are wondering right now why you're so angry, but I'm assuring them I'll be able to tell them at the end of the show. So, oh, right, okay. um, but uh, aye, so that's some. Um, I mean, it was you know it's been a kind of meteoric rise uh, for mm. him, um, and he seems to be quite level-headed as well. Uh, I think he's a really quiet guy, mm. uh, really private as well. He's not the kind of guy that's on social media mm-hmm. uh, posting everything he ever does and, and like, going out drinking and things like that. And I think well, probably moving Italy will be a really uh, what was that? Doogie, eh? <laughs> I think Did you uh, hear what I said there, no? no. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like you're you, you fucking you're 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 spaced out or something. I can't. I never heard anything. I said like Doogie about eight times here. Oh, okay. See, fucking honestly, all you've got to do is talk over the poor guy. Now you're dismissing me, fucking mentioning his name. <laughs> we'll all find out at the end, folks, why he's like this. Um, <laughs> but aye, so um, and where, where about his team in the league? I think they're sort of mid-table. They've won. A, they had a good start, but they've mm. uh, they lost today and uh, dropped points last week as well. So, but I, I think for them at the start of the season, like first and foremost, staying up to the most important thing, mm. and then try, try to push on. But they've got a really good young squad actually. They've signed uh, Sydney Van Hooydonk, and they've got or, uh, they've signed Arnautovic, who isn't young, but he's obviously a good player. So yeah. I think they're trying to make that break into the push yeah. for the European spots. Okay. Mihailovic is the manager. It is, aye. Aye. Okay, um, well, King D on that note, something that occurred to me last week, thought we'd talk about it. How come none of the top teams in Scotland sign players for the lower leagues these days? Are they just all shite? I, I don't think it's because of shite. I think there's still the odd player out there, but teams didn't seem to gamble on it. I mean, obviously, Kevin Nisbet's the, the, the exception to the rule, but. You know, do, is there any? I mean, you know, Kevin Nisbet scored a barrel load of goals for them, Fairman and Ray Froles before him, right? So it's not like they're picking out somebody they've just fucking spotted one one game. But I mean, are, 
I don't think I certainly don't think clubs like Celtic and top five six teams. I don't think they're even scouting the lower leagues anymore. It, it doesn't seem to happen anywhere near as much as it used to. Hearts used to have a really big. big Jeffries was really big on sort of trying to get players for the like the championship at the time and stuff and imp- improve them. Um, but we didn't even seem to shop in that market anymore. And, and there's mm. quite often players that are playing well and are standing out. And I, I think we should go for him, and we never seem to do it. Um, I think Hibs have taken a, a couple of gambles as you've seen Nisbet and they've signed the boy then Mackay for Inverness mm-hmm. but I think they see him more as like a long term project rather than somebody that's going to come in now um, but I, I think it's almost a bit laziness like you used to have to properly go and scout players and go and watch them three four times mm-hmm. and now half the, half the squads can use Y scout and just do their scouting for oh, the that. computer you know what I mean all, all I, and I don't think they really all that does is enable fucking idiots to pretend they know what they're talking about. I mean, Doogie took a long time for before Don United picked up Shankland when you know everybody knew what he was doing, and yet and you could say we need disrespect to Don United, but he only went to Don United and now he's away to Belgium. You know he was tearing up trees in the lower leagues for years. Yeah, I mean, I, I've sort of known to Shankland quite early in his career because he signed for us. We signed him from mm. Queens Park. And it was, well, we'd sort of signed at the worst times. We just signed Adam Rooney. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was never really going to get in ahead of him. He did get in some sort of. He had quite a good side, uh, he had a lot of good successful loan spells, uh, a few teams. But yeah, I just, I, he's someone I don't, I don't particularly, I don't know, I don't know if I really rate him. I think mm-hmm. there is what you're sort of running at is it. I think they're a bit like the, the step up from Championship. Uh, even League One to as uh, the Premier mm. really strength the the guys like Nisbet and maybe a couple others. You're getting one of them, one one or two of them every thirty or something like that. No, right. it's pretty tough. Um, we have a lot of obviously still a lot of these teams uh, part time. I know. Yeah. I know. Part of his money as well, though. Like. <laughs> If you're buying a player for a championship or a League One team, it's going to probably be their best player that, that's getting attention. So they'll still want some kind of compensation. I don't think teams want, even if it's just 50 grand or whatever, yeah. I don't think they want to be spending that, well, that and the chance, as you say, it might not work out. That brings me on to my next point, because obviously this review thing's happening, certain clubs have asked for it, and there's a wee bit, I've seen a wee flurry, I guess, conspiracy that you know perhaps certain teams, that perhaps the ones in the review, didn't want to give money to these clubs because they didn't want them in the fucking game. Um, maybe something in that to be honest like Gordon's already said that he thinks there's too many clubs mm. in the in the league and Bodge said something similar a while back as well so it, it could be something in that to be honest mm. but they, they've, they've claimed that it will definitely be more money available for the whole pot rather than just the, the top teams but mm. see see what comes out Aye and on that review by the way I have to ask you to um, partic- you know because obviously you're very experienced at this Ron Gordon wants Bevy back at football. Should it happen? I think so. I think it's a, I think it's a um, revenue stream that we just completely ignore. Like they're mm. worth quite a fair bit of money to certain clubs, and I, I don't see how it can be put into crowd trouble in the eighties when England are talking about letting people have beers at their actual seats. They had the worst crowd trouble gone. It's not just in the concourses. Well, well, they're trying I to mean, you know, everybody can drink at the concourses, but I mean, what, what do you think yourself, Doogie? Do you think people like Paul could handle Bevy and during the game? Well, I worry about myself more. To uh, be honest. Uh, nah, I think I don't see how. Uh, how just they go just go against like how they do it down south. They've been a 
I'm sure yourself being the games down yeah. south and it's it's like if you barely notice it really that the, the folk are drinking but it's just it's not like a big thing eh? it's mm. just that's what it's always been the case yeah. and they're probably trying to go and bring it to the seats now true um, uh, yeah I think the I think I just oh Aye, because I think it's, it's bizarre. Like the three of us could go to a football game together and we're not entitled to drink, but we could go to a rugby game and or a concert and we're allowed to drink as much as we want. Yeah. We're basically different people. It's a, it's a nonsense to well, be first, perfectly honest. Can I just clarify, I'm not going to a rugby game, either with you or anybody. <laughs> and um, Concerts, nah, concerts I mean, Paul, Paul, you've got some fucking dodgy tastes, like, so um, it's difficult <laughs> to see that ever happening. Okay, but um, one for the future, no doubt. Uh, to finish up, uh, a section we call Mackay or Deny, are there any morals left in Scottish football? Um, I, th- I think, unfortunately, the answer is no. Okay, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but like, I think teams will do whatever they want if they think it's going to be the right move for them. I mean, what like, I'm saying here is, right, Doogie, as well, because Paul seems to think he's this is a one-man fucking show. Uh Whatever clubs do that fans disagree with, there's a fucking hysterical reaction on social media for about a week and then it disappears and they just get home with it. Yeah, you know. it's, uh, this would be totally different in the other leagues abroad, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd have like fucking ultras going to training grounds and yeah. uh, they, they, they're that. They know how to get things, messages across. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's people typing away on fucking... Twitter or whatever, like you say, it just gets washed away. It does. Um, so yeah, I think the answer to your question is uh, no. It just it's for me, football fans in Scotland have lost their backbone completely. Um, they basically allow clubs to do whatever they want, and they hum and haw about it. But if the minute the team starts winning, it just gets forgotten about, and then they wonder why. A lot of the time they go to football and they feel like their soul's been ripped out of their fucking stomach, you know what I mean? And it's, you know, some clubs do admirable things and all that. Hertz have done admirable things with the fan ownership and the various sponsorship, Murrowell, etc. But there are clubs and, you know, treatment of players in terms of things the players have done. And, you know, there's plenty of examples. They just get washed out over the calls as usual. And also just the treatment of the fans, like... I mean, right, so taking aside Hertz fan ownership, no fan run type thing, I mean, does anybody actually believe that their club gives a single fuck about their fan base? As long as they keep getting the money that they want, they quite often, no, I think mm. a lot of owners see them as customers rather than as supporters. Mm-hmm. And if they can get money with them, I think that's what they're mainly happy about, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I'll give you an um, example, right? So Celtic on Thursday charging £17 to get in and to get your ticket for that you had to uh, do it automated and you got a PDF sent to you that you had to print out and for that privilege they wanted £2.30 right then a number of people went to the game on Thursday tried to get in and their turnstile said no you've no paid it's the season ticket holders and were told by the stewards even when they were proving to them that they'd paid you need to go to the t- ticket office, buy another ticket, and then phone up in the morning to get a refund. Fuck. You know? It's absolutely scandalous. And, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, a lot of Seattle supporters are absolute fucking idiots. They bury their heads in the sand. They fucking, you know, 
they, they get this whole kind of know their place thing and they never challenge fuck all. You know what I mean? They've been treated like shit for God knows how long and success masked it. But as soon as the success stopped, it became there for all intents and purposes. And quite a lot of people, I mean, the Celtic told everybody, oh, we sold all the season tickets last season. This season, they haven't. They? I mean, you just need to look at the attendances to tell you that. But I just think with clubs now, you know, I say you used to say it before, some people's staunch defence people at the club. It's like, you know, if it's Celtic, it was Peter Lawwell, despite whatever he'd done. You know, he could put in the programme every week, I'm going to burn one supporter every fucking Saturday in the centre circle, and fans would send in matches. You know? Um, and it's, you know, you'll see it yourselves when, you know, you, the two yous are, are, are critical of your own clubs. You know, you put a scrutiny on your clubs. But I can guarantee you, if you put that out in public in terms of social media or a forum, you're going to get crucified. I, I think uh, anybody that sort of challenges the club, if you went on a forum, for instance, you're mm. just instantly shot down by all the, the, the term like happy clappers, the ones mm. that just happy to go along and then take whatever shite is thrown mm. at them. And that's not, that's not good enough either because it's as, as much of the fans' club as it is anybody else's, you know what I mean? So it should be entitled to criticise it and want it to be run better. They talk about fans taking shit. Like, we we done it years ago with fucking Graham Rick. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the moral question is, mm. is their morals. Give Graham Rick a job. And mm. then, was it Vlad called him a hero? Mm. He fucking never just says like he deserves a second chance for that. He said he was a hero. And you, you got people arguing back and uh, arguing about back and forth and, and saying that he, he deserved a second chance, blah, blah. But at some point, these guys shouldn't get chances. And I'm not saying that they should have lived their life like. Hermits or anything, but same as Mackay, but they shouldn't even be getting chances at the top level of football. I mean, Doogie, right now, an example outside football, you kind of whitewashing history is Prince Philip. Every second week, there's a fucking documentary on about what a loving grandfather and father he is in that, and he wasn't just a bigoted racist old cunt who probably killed Princess Diana. Um, and the problem is, the masses buy this shit. You know what I mean? The club put out. You know, I've, for me, like, you know, I, I, I'm well aware that Celtic are interested in fans like me. You know, they're just no, because we are the ones that moan and groan and complain, what have you. But they put out shite like Christmas adverts, and I'm just like fucking cringing. And then you see the replies, oh, broken, this has made my year and all that. And you're like, Aye. what the fuck? <laughs> a, you know, one, one year where Lee Griffith was an elf. Aye, I think that's happened a couple of years, actually. And Brendan Rogers was a coach driver. <laughs> But that's, you know, not to turn this into a mad Celtic thing, but that's because the people that organise these things live in an idyllic middle-class world where everybody's family Christmas has got a big massive Christmas tree and we've all got Christmas jumpers on and we're all hugging each other and all this fucking pish. No, in reality, like a fucking uh, Christmas at the O'Neill family where we're going to kill people over a game of the weakest link and some cunt's going to get done in because they've drank all the fucking bevy and all that, you know what I mean? That's our world. But... You know, it's just, I don't know, like, I mean, Paul, you've obviously grown up with, I mean, I know you have as well, Dougie, but you've obviously grown up with brothers and family, right? Mm-hmm. And you're all her supporters, but you didn't all agree on pretty much anything, particularly with football, right? So uh-huh. how the fuck could her sell you all the same thing? Do you know what I mean? So they, what they do, I think, as well, Dougie, is they just go for a specific demographic, which is... Middle class, you know, fucking golf club fucking member, fucking, you know, go to the bowling club, never rock the fucking boat, 
you know, buy all the fucking strips, and I realise I'm a hypocrite because I've got one on now, but, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the people are just fucking never quite, and they're the people who talk in the language of six sleeps to the next game. Yes, yes. You know, who are these people? Yeah, well, it's, it's, a, it's a pandemic. You see, I mean, I thought Aberdeen was particularly bad for what you're talking about, mm. but um, like I see there's a lot of them for other clubs as well. Yeah. Um, um, and I, I don't know, it just, it's, it doesn't help matters when people just die. They've always got the blinkers on, eh? Mm. It is. Yeah. I mean, I think it is. It's a societal thing where people are, you know, I look at the generation above us and think, are we really men? You know, the kind of things they did and had to put up with and, you know, go through. Um, I mean, you know, when I used to, I mean, I'm older than you, right? And I started going to watch Celtic in 1978 regularly for 1980. I seen fights every single week about 15, 20 times a day. And do you know something? I didn't think once I came home to my, to my mother and said, by the way, it was about 15 fights at the football day. Because it wasn't a big deal. If people stepped out of line, they got fucking too rapid in the jaw, and that was it. In any situation, whether it was letting cunts in the turnstile, you know, taking too long to serve a drink, whatever it might have been, that's just what it is. And if you want to go into real detail here, right, and I'm on a fucking rant now, is that what the working classes always had over the establishment and the upper classes was that, right? We could do that. We could give the, the the collective punch, and the fucking minor strike changed that because Thatcher went in with even bigger force and said, "This is what will ha happen to you all if you stand up against us. We'll put in the cunts with the riot shields and all the rest of it, and the fucking batons, and we'll stop you voting and getting brew money and getting food and all the you know all the things." And then, to me, what big problem in 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 football is. What Thatcher did was to divide us all, was let every cunt buy their council house, right? And they think, right, once they've got property, they'll no fucking kick up fuck about stuff because they've got something to refold, right? That's happened in football, except now it's a season ticket seat. That people will not fucking rock the boat because they're scared of losing their season ticket seat. I've sat here for 25 years and all that kind of thing, so I'll let the club throw any old shit at me as long as I retain that seat and as long as I get a ticket for every fucking game, etc, etc, etc. And now that game that games are back, it's become songs and selfies, baby and buses, and it's all the expensive fucking thinking about what's actually happening. Uh, there's definitely that that type of supporter. I think at most clubs that will just take anything that's wrong at them, mm. and when they push back, and I don't think there's enough people who do push back to make a difference. You know, what I mean, you talk about collective, you need a collective to to push back. Um, who who organises this stuff these days? I you know, know what I mean? It doesn't it doesn't happen. You look, you look at like Hibs, like the hands of Hibs and stuff. That that mm -hmm. organisation would that happen nowadays? And by the way, that right was same with Celtic for change and you know, all the rest of it. That was without the internet. Mm -hmm. Okay, what I mean, you had to go out and put posters up, and you had to fucking phone people and all the rest of it, have big meetings, etc. Uh, you know, fans gave a shit then. They really did give a shit and. I'm not saying that all fans didn't now, but I do think that, that what you just said there, Paul, fans will fucking accept anything, especially if the team's winning. I mean, let's let's face it, right? Look, at, the prime example was Hearts under Romanoff. 
Now, everybody could see straight away, it's like, hmm, this guy's a wee bit, you know, suddenly he's this, 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 this. But when the team started winning and playing well, you're like, well, we'll put up with it. You know, majority, it's only when all of a sudden the fucking chief executive gets sacked, then the fucking son gets put in place and the managers all that. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, oh, this is fucking horrendous. Well, we've won the cup, well, we'll forget about it for three months, you know what I mean? You know, and that's what happens, you know? And, and just, unfortunately, that kind of supporter to me is in the vast majority now. I'd probably say quite similar to be honest. I, that, talking about that period at Harps, like the Roman over, it, it ruined like a whole new generation of fans because they expected to turn up and win every week, mm-hmm. and they, they expected to turn up and sack the manager after three games as well. Like there's no, it goes the other way. There's no patience in, in that or any re- realism mm. with a lot of the fan base because they came through at that time and they thought that two bad results meant the manager should go and it's, it's kind of hung over for that. But I, I'd, I'd probably say the majority of fans. And, and all clubs are happy not to rock the boat as long as the clubs do well. I think Aye. that's. I mean, it's Celtic right now, Dougie. We've not got a chief executive, we've not got a head of recruitment, we've not got a promised director of football. The same backroom staff that was here under all the pitch last year is still there, and we didn't actually strengthen the squad. We just replaced it. We didn't add numbers to it. We just replaced the ones that went out. Yet, you know, in the last three four weeks, we've been utterly shite. Been played played shite against. Uh, Ross County, average against Rafe, gubbed at fucking Livy, drew the day, gubbed in Real Betis, even with a 2-0 lead. And there's still very, very few people who are like pitchforks to the car park immediately. You know? What they're now doing is taking selfies right now in pubs going, look at us all, baby, and it's fantastic. You yeah, know? Yeah. And that, I just didn't get that at all. I just didn't understand... If people love this, these clubs so much, and every supporter loves their club, you know, as much as anybody, why did they put up with so much pish? Just, uh, yeah, I think it's just that maybe the, the sort of personality of, personality of supporter now has completely changed to what it was maybe 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe back then, there's people that are going to football or... They, they say they're a massive whatever fan. They wouldn't even like football twenty mm. years ago. Aye, that's true. It's, 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 a, it's, it's fashionable. I think that's what I'm Aye, trying to say. Definitely. Fashionable. Obviously, with a lot, of, a lot more females going to the game, which is there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but you see a lot of that on Twitter. The stuff you're talking about, selfie and fucking so many sleeps to a game and fucking. Mm-hmm. Well, fucking dark, like just Derby Day, and they've got a wee, gla- wee wanky glass of Prosecco or something like that. <laughs> That's Paul. <laughs> Aye, or one one of my particular favourites are people who get erections when a new top is released. <laughs> you know, like that's got to change their life. You know, I they'll say that they'll say it's good no matter what. Aye, aye, and I I see that we had a top this year. You know, uh, it was a guy on Facebook and he had bought this new Celtic top, which is the white one with the green and pink pinstripes. And he put up and I said, that'd be a really good top if it didn't have that stupid pink pinstripes on it. Wait to check and he'd fucking unfollowed me or unfriended me. Because <laughs> <laughs> he did quite constructive. constructive criticism, for fuck's sake. Okay, so as you've heard throughout the show, Paul's been in a really aggressive, horrible mood. And I know some of you out there are saying, well, what's new? But um, you were on holiday, Paul. You did go on holiday um, to to Ben Medina. And is it fair to say it was basically a comedy of errors? 
Was it? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, first of all, it took you about nine days to get into the country. Aye, that's true. Aye. When we arrived in Malaga, it was uh, two hours of passport control. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's Brexit, though, because you have to go through yeah. that to get your passport stamped. You shouldn't have voted for it. An, abs- an, absolute, <laughs> an absolute shambles mm-hmm. in the airport. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll see people come off other planes and just walk right past you. I was stuck there for two hours. Mm-hmm. They obviously did it on purpose, just for sort of for sort of the daft Brits doing the. Absolutely, aye. Oh, we seem to have lost people. No, you're back. back. Aye, you're back. Sorry, no, I froze for a bit there. Aye, um, aye daft Brits, and then of course, obviously you go to Ben and Medina and realise it's Western Hills in the sun. Um, <laughs> you know, there's fuck all to do there. It didn't look like you done fuck all. Uh, then your daughter took an allergic reaction, which, you know, scary. Fucking horrible mm-hmm. to see her like that and stuff like that. I mean, what was it like dealing with a foreign hospital and all that kind of thing? It was actually excellent. Like, the, the service that they gave, it cost me, I'm having to claim it back off the insurance, but the service was <laughs> tremendous. I was in, like, taken, taken in, seen by the doctor, like a special paediatrician, and you were out again within an hour. Mm. Whereas in, in the if I went to the Western or the infirmary, I'd probably be there for about four hours. Mm. But I, no, yeah. it was pretty, I was done by a jellyfish as well. You see the minister of propaganda fucking line he took at the start? What do you mean? And then all of a sudden, oh, by the way, my fucking daughter took an, my daughter took an allergic reaction. I was almost died with a jellyfish. That, uh, and I believe he put, <laughs> was it white vinegar he put all over it? Uh, I had to go was that sear? Aye, things like fuck when uh. you do it. It was, I had big, big, big welts up my, my arm. I had like three big, uh, obviously got me. Wow. I knew right away when it happened what, what had happened, but I was too scared to look down in case I seen this massive jellyfish. Aye. So I just kind of like try to run out the water and make it as casual as possible, but mm-hmm. I fell in, the, fell in the sand and I was trying to get out of the water. So, well, what, would you say, what would you say the pain level is of that? I'd get it about a seven, like seven, nine. Are we talking, it, it's not talking toothache level here or higher? Nah. Higher, it's like stinging, like it really stings and really nips. Um, and it just gets worse and worse as well. It doesn't like it doesn't hurt that much at first, mm-hmm. and it just keeps getting sadder and sadder. So, did anything good actually happen on this holiday? <laughs> I had a good time with my family. It was good. I enjoyed it. But, 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 but anything you, you can hide back. What's that? You missed the shambles with the oh, plane. Oh yeah, your plane went to Glasgow instead of Edinburgh, and then to Aye, Edinburgh. So, then they flew us from Glasgow to Edinburgh back. It took like twelve minutes, and it only t- it only uh, took twelve minutes because we circled in the Edinburgh airport once. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was about a five minute flight. Fucking so bizarre. You've said that you know you enjoyed, but is there anything specific you can highlight that was good? It was just good to get a break. Some nice weather. A break. Spend, spend time good for Steph and Albert to get a break because they actually do stuff. You, you <laughs> I mean, what are you taking a break for exactly? Um, but you know, I, I thought it was karma. I have to admit, um, I, I told you straight away you were absolutely disgraceful to be going on holiday right now abroad. Um, you've noticed that since you went to Europe, the fucking whole country's collapsed. Um, I did. I um, need coming back to and stuff like that. So, so yeah. So okay. Well, that's it. Another fun packed show. Um, it's uh, it's almost like therapy, this you know, for me and Doogie. And uh, if if hurts win again, Doogie, I think we're gonna to have to do something quite dramatic. <laughs> uh, but until then, society is changing. People are not standing up, and Joe Strummer predicted this over forty years ago. Two, one, two, three, four.
Yeah.